0: time for some game cock football
1: excitement about South Carolina football than there is right now.
2: So I've heard all the stories of the great George Rogers Out back in 1980, he made the whole nation holler And I've seen that photograph of young
3: Steve Tannehill Of an old Dust Valley signing his name on the field Yeah, and I love the year 2001, if it are williams Rock Oh,
2: what else can I say?
4: I'm just a big old cop. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. Cop like it's Friday. It's the Gamecocks, the show. Pre-game uh, breakdown show, if you will. That's why we have the sweet intro. Thanks to uh, Jamie Bradford, Patrick Davis, uh, and everyone that contributed to that uh, for us. It was uh, I always kind of talk about you know things being a, a nice surprise <laughs> but that was a nice surprise from jamie phil i got that uh he's like hey man i was just working a little a work, i was just working a little something up and i'm like oh a little something great yeah, that's <laughs> <awesome.">
2: <laughs>
4: so uh <clears throat> thanks to jamie bradford for that uh, intro that was awesome uh it is friday the friday before georgia and south carolina um we have talked this game to death i know i did yesterday i, I was uh 107.5, the game, and then transitioned right into this. Uh, I did an out of market podcast, uh, got on the Spurs Up show, and then topped it off with an epic, I think, hour and a half episode of Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. If you subscribe to Keith's podcast, uh, where we talk to balls. So we t- the ball. I talked like, yesterday, Phil, I was like, I'm tired of talking about this game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, and for the second straight week, I walked around on Thursday uh, thinking it was Friday. Uh, and, and the reason that is that the youngest one, uh, the youngest kid here, his football schedule kind of isn't tradition. I mean, it, it's different because it's Illinois, you know. Uh, whereas in South Carolina, I'm used to like, okay, C team on Wednesday, JV Thursday, varsity Friday. Uh, and, and so, you know, he, his games bounce around. So I, I get under the false impression, uh, when he has a game that, uh, oh, tomorrow's college football because it's I'm at a high school stadium, right. <laughs> Um, and that, uh, that messes with me. But, um, anyway, I mean, during the pandemic, I didn't even know, I didn't even, didn't even know what month it was because <laughs>
2: yeah, right. there were no
4: sports. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> is it March? Really? I was like, where's the basketball, you know? And, um, <laughs> um and I, it was my first winter in Illinois too, Phil. So it was like, mm-hmm. uh, April was still freezing cold.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah.
4: you know, so, so there was no baseball on, and it was freezing cold. So I, uh, you know, the band Cinderella in the 1980s had a had an album called Long Cold Winter. That, that was like my long hole, cold winter. I mean, it was. <laughs> it was <awful. laughs> uh, Phil, what we got on the docket today? In fact, as far as times for our guests, no, Jordan's coming in, and I know uh, we got uh, the the outstanding, amazing Michael Flint to break yes. the guests' nose down for us.
5: Yeah, we got the uh, Jordan should be in around 11:30, uh, and then uh, and then of course noon with Flint seems to be working. So we're just going to keep rolling with that, and then uh, you and I will wrap it up with our. Keys and predictions here,
4: outstanding. Yeah, there's no poll question today. uh I said I, th- I thought we'd do something different on uh, these Fridays because uh you know, what am I going to say? Is Carolina going to win? Yes or no? Maybe <laughs> it's like that note you send in elementary school. Will
5: do you like me? Yeah. You know? Check yes,
4: <laughs> yes no, maybe. You know? um, <clears throat> so so here, instead of the poll question, I, I put this on Twitter, um, and, and I want everybody in the Nana Sports. Uh, chat box to do it uh you know I, what i'd like to do is just score predictions just send me your score predictions uh and uh the city or, and state that you're from in other words you know i'm uh i'm james from greenville 31 28 gamecocks you know that kind of thing uh i thought you know the destiny or the the origin of the uh per- predictions would be kind of Probably more interesting than the score predictions today, but uh, you know, it was just uh, it was just one of those things. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in today. I got a good show with you, uh, a good show for you. Uh, hopefully, uh, Flint's breakdown is stellar because it certainly was last week. I enjoyed listening to it, and I was on Jordan's podcast uh, over on the dog side earlier this week as well. And certainly, he's got a lot uh, to fill you in about Georgia injuries. You can ask your questions uh, from the chat box or wherever for Jordan Hill from dogs, two, four, seven. Uh, all right. So getting back to this, I, uh, you know, uh, it, it, the, the toughness, the word toughness and the word physicality. Uh, I wrote an article on the bigspur.com yesterday about it. I, I think that's going into the game. I, I know the coaching staff has emphasized that um, all week in practice, uh, you know, just, just be, play tough, physical, Yeah make tackles uh, i think in a game like this uh you know georgia is fundamentally sound you know as a football team uh, i think they preach that they're not only immensely talented uh but they they're not going to beat themselves a whole lot uh so you have to match that you have to match the but You have to match a lot of things in this Jesus. ball game uh but you got to match that the physicality uh and then balance on offense but but i'll say this too about the the offensive balance um, I, uh, you hear a lot about it this week, emphasis on running the ball, that kind of thing. Uh, but, but also, you know, I, I don't know that it's realistic that Carolina is going to line up and, you know, run it this week a bunch and, and be successful. Uh, just like last week, you know, dropping back, firing it all over the field. Wasn't all that successful, uh, except for certain areas. Uh, I think they need balance on offense. You know, you got to keep a group like this off balance, stay one uh, step ahead of the game uh, when you're playing the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, I think. Now, you know, at at some point, somebody's going to give Georgia a game this year. I'm pretty sure. I I don't really see them uh, going through this year. You know, like they did last year, like a like a knife through butter, because <laughs> uh, they weren't very they weren't seriously challenged until Phil, um, Alabama in Atlanta. And then they came back and beat them. Um, yeah. So they by 15 in the, in the national championship game. So I, I they haven't, you know, hadn't played a lot of close games. And so uh, talking to, you know, nearly everybody we spoke with this week said get the game into the fourth quarter. And I, and I think that's good because you don't you know, you don't really know what's going to happen. I think, right. um, you know, it's, it'll be a, uh, that's kind of uncharted waters for this Bulldog team. And also, uh, really, for this Gamecock team, I guess you could say that the fourth quarter was <laughs> somewhat competitive uh, in the last two weeks, but it, you know, kind of was kind of either behind or ahead. Uh, <laughs> get the game in the fourth quarter, balance, um, toughness, physicality, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, I, I think another important part of the game tomorrow. Uh, as it relates to the rest of the season, uh, because you know you face number one, you shoot your shot. It doesn't work out. Season's not over. I mean, it's uh right.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
4: uh, seven. You know, seven more. Or, you know, nine or <clears throat> nine more games. Nine more games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my math was fuzzy this morning. Um, nine more games because then, then you got the next two, uh, the get right games as Phil calls them, and then mm-hmm. you go to Lexington and shoot another shot. Maybe against the top 10 Kentucky team. Maybe they don't beat Ole Miss, uh, and they're kind of top 20 ish, but uh, they're probably going to be ranked. Uh, it's a road test and a house of horrors that the Gamecocks have not won. They've not won in Lexington since 2012, and they dropped a hot minute, (laughs) yeah. And uh, you know, since since winning up there like 2002, 04, 06, 08, they dropped the 2010 game in miraculous fashion,
2: uh,
4: and then uh. Came back won in 2012. That was Joker Phillips' last team. And the Stoops has not lost in the
2: game, Peps. Again, Lexington.
4: It's like Kirby has not lost in Columbia. Kirby won in 2016, 2018, 2020, 3 0. I don't. Did Mark Richt win his first three games uh, in Columbia as the coach of the Dogs? Ooh, I'm trying to think. They won in 02. They won in 04. They won in 06. They won in 08. Yeah, Mark yeah. Richt. Mark Richter. 4-0 uh, at williams Bryce before, uh, because his first year, Lou Holtz and, and their team beat him in a 1 down there, so you know, uh, okay, so Kirby, uh, Kirby could match Mark Rick for a 4-0 record in Columbia, South Carolina <laughs> uh, against the Gamecocks because I uh, 2,000 win was Donovan, that was Donovan's last year at Georgia. Um, so here we go, Kirby's 5-1 and one against the Gamecocks, as we all know. Uh, most of those have not been close, so you know he's done a good job against South Carolina. South Carolina's also been kind of a transition. Um, few of those years, right? You know, five <laughs> yeah.
5: years in transition, yeah. you know, coming out of that
4: <laughs> the, 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 the haze. You know, um, all right. Nana Sports Chat box is uh, rocking and rolling this morning. We're going to get to all that uh, now. Corey says Happy Friday, guys. JC, what home games will you be traveling to Columbia for this season? I'm thinking Tennessee right now, uh, but that's uh, that's tentative. I have not made any plans, but um, I'm uh, that, that's kind of what I'm eyeing right now.
5: I had this one pegged preseason, but we've got a we had a death in the family and have a fear yeah. to attend. So, so well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's
4: tough. Yeah, I, would, I had to go to. I was thinking today five years ago. 2017. I had to go to a funeral week three. Uh, that was that dreadful Kentucky game. That uh, where <laughs> they came in. They came to Columbia. It couldn't have started any better. Mm. And the Gamecocks were two and zero at the time. And then they did kind of what they did to Florida last yep. week. Just mm-hmm. you know, bled them out or whatever. But I remember that fondly. Cause that Sunday I, I sat, uh, I, I took that loss really hard. I don't really take losses as, as hard anymore. They're, they're more an annoyance to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I have to, de- You know, you have to deal with unruly fans and stuff. And that's just part of the job. I actually love the part of that part of the job mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, you're tasked with what saying, what's what went wrong and stuff like that. It sounds like you're being critical and, you know, all that good stuff, which is fine. I mean, that, that's part of it, but, uh, you know, so, but they're more of an annoyance, but, but that one, you know, South Carolina, I was at that NC state game that year. They went out to Missouri and Missouri, of course, their offense, I think Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator there at the time. They go 90 miles an hour up and down yeah. the field. And, um, you know, Carolina shut them down pretty good. And then they were down 10, nothing. And they came back one thirty one thirteen. packed house, Williams, Bryce stadium, we believe in the Must Champ era, you know. Everybody's uh, fired up and ready to go to three and zero. Oh, and then, wow, Kentucky let the air out of that tire pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sky Moore picks a get, pass off first play. Bentley hits the Debo Samuel first play for a touchdown. Uh, they missed the extra point though. It's an ominous sign. Gamecocks have missed two extra points so far this season, which yeah. is Bad weird.
5: Snaps, yeah, that
4: mm-hmm. snaps both times. So. um so, yeah, so that was a, that was a tough one. I, took, I just sat on the porch. My neighbor at the time in Greenville was a Tennessee fan. And that, that game, uh, Felipe Franks threw that miracle touchdown pass um, to uh, to win against the Vols. So, you know, we'll see. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, 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 we had a bad day that day. So we sat on the porch with the NFL on and just uh, drank many beers. Yeah, <laughs> turned my phone off. I, I was just in such disbelief, and that was such a yeah. Because I did have to go to a funeral that day. It was such a like an emotional day, and then the Tennessee mm-hmm. disaster happened, and that put a lot of karma in the condo, you know. Because right, you know, yeah. they, they lost right before Carolina played. And then everybody's like, "Well, you got Carolina," and then it's like, "Oh man!" And by the time that game was over, you're like, "This is yeah." Debo had gotten hurt. Bryce Allen Williams got hurt. I mean, everybody got hurt that game too. So it was a that was a brutal game. Anyway. I, I tell that story a lot. And I probably shouldn't get sidetracked here. Georgia, the 2022 South Carolina Gamecocks uh, play uh, Georgia this weekend. So uh, Tristan says, morning, guys. Is the dogs going to bite or is we going to kick them in the head? You got to try to kick them in the head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just got to go out there and, and, you know, get it done. It's an early start. And, um, you know, I think Carolina sometimes plays better with the early starts as much as fans don't care for them i mean i think the team sometimes is fresh and gets out there uh jared says top of the muffin do you all
5: oh it's the best part of the muffin
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think so too yeah <laughs> especially a blueberry one morning mm-hmm. fellas i got a feel it about tomorrow there's crazy energy in the air that's good I, I hope i wish i could feel it through this computer screen i, 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 I I Probably could use some crazy energy this morning. <laughs> Xavier goes, Morning from Wenatchee, Washington. This morning it's a lovely 57 and sunny. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, uh, all you guys from the Pacific Northwest, and we have several that tune into the show. Number one, thank you. Yes, I think that's awesome that we have folks from, from out there that, that are like big gamecock fans and big fans of the show. That's uh, that's nice. And uh, number two, um, I'm lucky enough to wear like the four or five times I've been to Seattle for work Most most days. I've been out there it's been sunny and like the, the people that live out there are like yeah no I mean. it's not really sunny here all the time you know and uh it, that place is b- gorgeous when it's sunny because it's it rains a lot it's lush and green and the sun's shining and the you got that big mountain uh it's not mount hood mount hood's in Port mount rainier mm-hmm. uh in the background and all that so it's gorgeous gorgeous country out there uh, Austin goes sweet intro. Yep, thanks to Jamie Bradford for that. Mm-hmm. Justin goes, "What's up, guys? It's a crazy sport. Anything can happen. Beat Georgia. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know that Notre Dame was worried about Marshall last week. I don't know that they should have been, but I mean, if, if I was Nebraska, I would have been going into the game and worried about Georgia Southern. You know, it, it, it's just one of those things. I, I don't think anybody uh, in College Station, Texas, was thinking they'd go down to App State." Uh, those were all road underdogs. Gamecocks are at home, so yeah, anything can happen. It is mm. a crazy sport. Corey says, I missed the home opener due to a wedding. Oh. We frown on that here, CB. Uh, uh,
5: he later go to explain, though, uh, Wife's uh, child and best friend. Hard to miss that. Yeah. You know,
4: still, had, Still, that a couple nice. needs to be put in the penalty box. <laughs> yeah, the penalty box, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, no, no game. I mean, I'm not watching any games with this couple for like a year. Right. Because, <laughs> because you know, you're on probation for a year because you, you cost just that. But anyway, uh, well, congratulations to your wife's childhood best friend, uh, Corey. And I'm glad that you get to go to Willie B tomorrow and soak it in. It should be, should be nice weather. It's not supposed to be 99 degrees.
5: Yeah, it's not going to be too terribly hot. Yeah.
4: Craigor uh, chimes in. The Craigor. Rodney. Oh, I forgot. Rodney, good, oh, morning. Morning, good morning y'all morning rodney thank you welcome back into the chat box uh crager says i have zero expectations especially with the injuries and kind of yeah like the big injury list yeah that, that's gonna be rough uh if cam smith and boogie huntley don't play yeah um and i don't have any knowledge about that and but uh i uh
5: yeah, questionable all week, and I don't even know if Beamer addressed whether or not they practiced at all this yeah, week. On the it's, call-in it's, show last night, so
4: yeah, he just kind of went. through. He's like, just the best I can say. These guys are questionable. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. My my guess is like the you know, Mokaba and uh, Jordan Strong are definitely out, missing the other ones. It's mm, gonna, it's gonna make the secondary sort of a little bit patchwork, and then you're down a starting defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh I guess that would be you know, MJ Webb, TJ Sanders, Tonka Hemingway, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So Drew Dupree says Corey. Sounds like you need better friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh Phil's family's chiming in. Kel yeah. says up, fellas, let's get it. Let's go. Let's get it, Kelly. And then oh, your your dog you really uncle.
5: have <laughs> my uncle back again.
4: Hey, uncle, Ron. So running, running. Uncle, uncle Ron. Uncle <laughs> Ron from Athens. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's funny, yeah, in indiana they they picked up you know loving the dogs when he was working for ford down in Noonan, georgia so <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uncle,
4: uh, uncle ron from indiana huh? that's uh that's my dad and
5: be, you know, right uncle next Bo door born uh right outside of atlanta so uh yeah, yeah we got some oh, family ties back to that to georgia uncle ron's
4: dog house
5: <laughs> <laughs> <All
2: right.
4: laughs> All the times i watch the uga sanford highlights just to see their athletes a little more sounded interesting Sanford stopped them three times in the goal line. Uh, I expect UGA to throw it more than any UGA we've seen before. Yeah, and they'll dink and knock on you. They'll go downtown on you. That's what I've been saying. They're not coming in here like and looking to grind Carolina's defense through the meat grinder. They're they're just looking to attack it and beat it. Uh, I think – I don't know uh, if Ben Briner called the offense that Georgia runs the the death machine offense or the defense, but – yeah, you can read his breakdown on the bigspur.com, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I and look, Colin, they, they actually, their fans were griping a little about the offensive line. And Kirby was asked about the offensive line this week. Uh, and for, we'll get more uh, clarification from Jordan when he comes on. Yeah. But uh, I uh, they, they have talked about it a little bit, you know, but it, but you know, look, it was Sanford that game, <laughs> probably. Didn't get a lot of people, uh, you know, after that big win over Oregon, uh, their players probably were like, oh, we're up 30 to nothing. (laughs) Let's just just coast a little bit. I mean, that's nice to be expected. But at the same time, as we all know, there were moments in like the Eastern Illinois game last year where the offensive line broke down, and that was an ominous sign of things to come. Mm -hmm. So I know Oregon's recruited well on the defensive line, so they didn't do much against Georgia. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, they're gonna to try to throw it and all that with well, that could be a good thing. All right. Saunders says to hell with Georgia. That's uh that's a that's a Georgia Tech and everybody else that plays the Bulldog says that the week yeah. mm-hmm. of the game. Uh Colin echoes that. Drew says, Corey, you don't need that negativity in your life. Don't you put that evil on me. Nope. <laughs> uh Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Uh, Matthew says, uh, "Draw driving cross country from Atlanta to South Dakota, or is it San Diego? Are you going to Atlanta San Diego Atlanta South Dakota? Go
5: Cox. Another way, that's a long ass drive. <laughs> yeah,
4: I, 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 I'd drive. I'd drive something like that if I was going west. I don't, I don't know about going east. So
5: big on uh, big road trip guy.
4: Yeah, I like that. I mean, Bob mm-hmm. Seeger, you know, he yes. headed west or, or, or Roll Me Away, you know." I don't ride a motorcycle, though, so it wouldn't make sense for that song. Uh, Craig says Georgia forty-five seventeen. Jeff Fowler, what do we tell Jeff Fowler when he that's pops good. in?
5: Thank you for your service. Yes,
4: sir. Forty-eight oh puppies.
5: <laughs> Come
4: on, Joseph. Joseph's <laughs> a believer. Uh, he goes thirty-three thirty-one home team Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah, that's what it wants. Did Jeff Fowler's from Columbia? Uh, Rodney Greenville, Georgia. Oh no, Greenville, South Carolina. Sorry. 45, Georgia, 45, South Carolina, 13. Uh, Uncle Ron's doghouse chomps back in. Do you think Carolina can score a touchdown against the dog's defense?
5: Yes. Yep. Same as yeah. last year, Ronnie. Yeah. We're going to be the first year to put seven on.
4: The answer is yes. Uh, Neil from Atlanta. Neil from Atlanta. I guess it's Neil. Neal. Neal. Lutz. we'll just call you Lutz-y. lutz <laughs> uh,
2: Lutz-y. <laughs> Lutz-y? uh,
4: from Atlanta, I don't care, just get out healthy. It'll be one we turn off at half and enjoy the rest of the day. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Colin says fifty-six thirty-five from Atlanta.
5: Oh, that's
4: uh, a lot of points, too. He said, Brian from Greenwood, gonna go with my guy. Gotta say 35 31 Gamecocks. I have a feeling these boys will be sleepwalking. And we've barely touched our potential. That, that's right. I mean, I, I, honestly, the, the, the last part of what you said there, Brian, is interesting and, and true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think South Carolina's played up to its potential yet in two games. Um, I don't. I don't think this team. Shane Beamer's even said it. You know, uh, this team is not what it's going to be. So we'll see. Casey mm-hmm. uh, says, "I love it when the coaching staff and media listen to my comments." <laughs> uh Gregor says North Augusta plays Dutch Fork tonight. Ouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> VJ chiming in for Belmont, NC. Yeah, Belmont. Uh, Cox 31, Pups 45. It's high scoring, similar score to last week 44 30 last week. You're going 45 uh, 31. Queasy's from Spartanburg, by the way. Uh, Christopher is from the hometown as well, The Bird. bird. Uh, he says 38 10 dogs. Uh, Colin says he wants to get the game to the half let the crowd stay into the third quarter too many times in big games I'm begging to make it the half last week included yeah um and that's interesting Colin because it's like I, I kind of felt the same way Phil last week when they're 21 to 3 uh in that touchdown drive well, you yeah. know, I, I felt pretty good after that touchdown drive
5: gives you um, some hope yeah it gives you a little yeah. bit of hope there
4: yeah and then sure enough they come back hit the big play cut it to five and then stop them. You know, Carolina got the momentum in that game. It's just, you know, you, that, that's the thing that ha- has happened around here a lot. You know, Carolina in, over the course of games will get to a point where you go, Hey, you know, they're right there in it. And then something happens, some breakdown on one side of the ball or the other uh, to allow the other team to re-seize that momentum at times. It doesn't always happen, you know, but it would, uh, there are times in, in closer games it has and the games against teams that, are a little more competitive. Also says, uh, I think we play them close. Brooks and Wells have big games, but UGA takes over in the fourth, forty-one twenty-eight. Queasy says, my son <laughs> did not talk for a solid twenty-four hours after that Kentucky game. Yeah, I I, didn't. <laughs> I turned off my phone. I was just like, I couldn't.
5: It's awful. It was awful. <laughs> 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 I,
4: I could not handle it. Um, just uh, I, that was just tough. Uh, and uh, Christopher has a question. For Uncle Ron's doghouse. (flower) How many people do you bark at on a normal day? ( evolutionary)
5: (laughs) Uncle Ron, we put the over under at three and a half on that.
4: (laughs) All right. Speaking of the dogs. Speaking of the dogs. We're going to, is Jordan, Jordan's coming up? No,
5: actually, he just popped into the waiting room. So let's hit the break and we can bring him on in. (laughs) Exactly. Jordan
4: Hill from, uh, dogs, 24, seven, uh, followed by Michael Flint. Then your predictions, uh, here on a Friday episode of inside the Gamecocks, the show we'll be back after these messages.
0: Today, Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843 851 2222 or visit tonypope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
4: If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a diehard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy 864 414 5271 or email csearfoss at cbkane.com. C B C A I N E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Game Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker Kane.
0: Gamecocks.
1: how can i help you
4: attention golfers of all ages and skill sets former gamecock golfer meredith taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the midlands of south carolina very very soon you want to take advantage of this opportunity if you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf or even if you're looking to refine your swing. Yeah, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my
5: man. Welcome back, everybody. First hour of the show is brought to you by Sydney Cindy Sear Falls Realty. Uh, Coldwell, Bank, Coldwell Banker Kane, 864 414 5271. Give her a holler. And of course, the show itself is sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, Big start, 20% off on free shipping at manscaped.com and on the mckeller enterprises guest line we got jordan hill with dogs 24 7 is going to give us a look behind the enemy lines here jordan welcome to the show man
3: yeah absolutely appreciate you guys having me on getting ready uh getting ready for game day at least uh right now countdown's on
4: sweet sweet that's uh how long have you been covering georgia
3: so I actually graduated from Georgia in 2016, and then I left, went and covered high school sports, went and covered Auburn for a few years, and I actually just got back in February. So I've been back on oh. the ground in Athens for about six months.
4: Oh, okay. I got you. I, I was going to see if you were around for uh, 2017 and then last year. I, I thought 2017 for dog fans or people that cover the dogs too. I mean, because that's it's one big traveling road show, right? Okay. Uh, I mean, think about this, Phil. That year, they went to Notre Dame played in South Bend, and uh, that's always special if you're a college football fan uh, to go up there and see your team play in, in South Bend. Uh, won that one. Uh, then they, you know, won the SEC championship and uh, Mercedes-Benz, and then they got to go to the Rose Bowl yeah. <laughs> and played Oklahoma. So you have, you have a season where you're, and then back for the national championship in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. You have a season, if, if you're a Georgia fan, you got to see your team play and win in South Bend, Indiana, and in the, in the Notre Dame Stadium, historic place, the Rose Bowl. And then, oh, SEC National Championships are just, oh, in Atlanta. So it's
2: a yeah, uh, right, yeah.
4: conveniently <laughs> awesome season for Georgia back year. <laughs> of course, they got to go to beautiful Indianapolis in January. Uh, to, 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 I don't know why they had that game there, but uh, – Hey, it'll always be a special place in the heart of Dogs fans. Okay, so give us the this year, 2021, Georgia's been obviously dominant two, two games. Heading into this game, Jordan, what uh, what's the injury report for Georgia first and foremost? Because our guys probably hadn't kept up with all of it. Uh, how healthy are they? Um, and you know, what's kind of the outlook uh for what they're gonna do against South Carolina tomorrow?
3: So the biggest injury that we're watching is A.D. Mitchell, who is Georgia's top receiver, who is a guy that coming into the year, a lot of people felt like had a potential by the end of the year to be an all SEC kind of guy. Hurt his ankle on the very first play from scrimmage against Sanford. Based on what we've heard and what we've been told, I don't think he's going to play on Saturday. Kirby said he was doubtful on Wednesday when he talked on the coaches teleconference. Other than that, relatively healthy. Got a backup cornerback, Nylon Green, that's banged up. I don't expect him to play either. I think a few, you know, just kind of uh, general bumps and bruises uh, going into this game. But relatively healthy other than AD because that would be a, a big loss if he's not able to play. Uh, The thing I'm interested about seeing on Saturday is just how exactly Georgia's offense attacks South Carolina, because, you know, the way South Carolina has struggled to stop the run, you know, really this year, more than any other, Georgia really hasn't leaned very much on the run. And I mean, you know, even going back before Kirby smart got here, you know, it's always about, you know, running the ball and then setting up the pass through running the ball and, through two games, Georgia has not shied away from just coming out and airing it out, and I uh, thought they did a very good job of that against Oregon. Uh, kind of hit and miss, honestly, in, in the Sanford game. It kind of took a little while for Stetson Bennett to get into a rhythm, uh, but I want to see if they come out, if they decide, hey, that's how we're running this offense, we're going to keep attacking it, or if they decide to go more to that traditional just ground and pound and try to take advantage of what, may, what might be a perceived weakness with South Carolina. That that's uh, normally Phil. I, that's what Georgia
4: historically has always tried to do. I uh, I think uh, all right, so 2018 in, in Columbia, uh, I thought that. Uh, yeah, I guess it, it was the offense. It was Jim Cheney was still calling plays for them at that, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought he did a really good job in the second half of, of attacking Carolina on the perimeter where they were weak tacklers, and they had an advantage. And and I've seen. You know, that 2016 game when they came over, obviously George's thoughts were, uh, especially with uh, Easton at quarterback going six for 17, we're going to line up and run it, just try to run over you. <laughs> and that's typically what they do, but I, I have seen some game plans over the years from Mike Bobo and some other uh, folks down there where they do come out and throw it and they are successful. And uh, tell us about Stetson Bennett, okay, uh, on that note, how... You know, I I think people underestimate him at their peril. And, and I think we're at the point, Jordan, where people don't do it anymore. Uh, they kind of talk about him as one of the better quarterbacks in, in college football. What does he bring to the table that, that makes everything go so well uh, for that offense uh, uh, when he's out there running it?
3: I think one thing that people sort of lose sight of is how athletic he is. There's been two plays so far this season where they've really used misdirection and allowed him to run and and score pretty much easy kind of bootlegs out to the right just because – he, he is a pretty good athlete and he can keep uh, plays alive when it looks like they shouldn't be. There was a touchdown throw against Oregon where they had him dead to rights and he was able to swing out of it and kind of run back to his left and hit Ladd McConkey. But the thing that I think people kind of lost sight of with him coming into this year, his super senior season, he had all offseason as the, the number one quarterback, which he did not have last year. I mean, at one point during fall camp in 2021, he was taking 13 reps. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the fact that JT Daniels got hurt and he had the most experience of the guys on the bench. He gets to call up and pretty much the rest is history. He's had this whole offseason not only one to really strengthen – you know, the the understanding with his guys, the, the receivers, the tight ends on how they're going to run certain routes and when to throw and, and things like that. But even with Todd Monk and the offensive coordinator, you know, Todd is running and designing this offense, knowing that Stetson's a quarterback. And I, I just don't think people pay enough attention to that. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think you saw that in the first game. I will say the Sanford game, he kind of come came off, uh, started shaky. I think he was 6 of 10 and had missed a few throws that probably could have been touchdowns. But really settled in through, I think, 10 straight completions after that slow start. Um, I think he can make plays at quarterback. And I think, again, to, to your point, JC, I think people mm-hmm. are understanding, you know, trying to out, you know, write him off or, or say he's, you know, not going to be a guy that can make plays for Georgia. I'm starting to think that narrative is really mm-hmm. dying down just because of how he's played these last few years. Yeah,
4: I, I, I've been impressed with him. And I, you mentioned Todd and I, I of all the you know, Georgia's kind of since Bobo left, they've kind of cycled through some coordinate offensive coordinators, and uh, it's it's been kind of the same idea. But uh, you know, there, there's been some guys that I you know, I don't I don't think they've maximized uh, Georgia's personnel at times. You know, uh, it's hard to argue with their success, but I think they're on to something with this guy. I, I think that, and I've followed his career, he's always been a pretty good play caller, always been uh, imaginative both in the league and in college football. But, but you kind of watch, you know, and see if you agree with me or not, you, you watch the balance that he's committed to now, uh, the creativity in achieving that balance, but then also the structure, I, I think. You, you, know, you look at the running back rotation, you know, all those backs have different strengths and weaknesses, And he maximizes them, but you can't tell what, I mean, it's not like he says, okay, we're going to bring Kenny McIntosh in. Therefore we're going to throw it to him. (laughs) You know, Uh, he does a good job of disguising all that. Wouldn't you agree? And I kind of started picking up on it uh, before the sec championship game. And then especially in the national championship game, I was like, man, this guy, this guy knows exactly how to do this. I think he's, uh, uh, he's what you call, uh, I guess uh, he's on a hot streak right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, I agree totally. And now he's one of the top paid assistant coaches in the country. And, I mean, I think you see why. I mean, I was really struck by that Oregon game of just the amount of misdirection and and the ways they wanted to get different guys involved. I mean, they put uh, Kenny McIntosh out wide several times and threw him the ball, and and he's got that ability. I mean, and they handed off to Lad McConkey some. He knows the talent he's got, and I think that he's done a very good job of, like you said, not saying, all right, well, well Kendall Milton's in this game, so they're probably gonna run to the you know, to the oh, right oh. and well, we can just load up there. They have been very creative with using their talent, but making it where you have no clue exactly what's coming. And, you know, again, they they had Oregon on the on the ropes from the very beginning. I mean, they had Oregon guessing and never could really get it figured out. Yeah, I think uh, Todd has done a great job. And and I'm really looking to just see how he calls this game on Saturday to sort of the point with the Oregon game. How much misdirection do we see? How much does he feel like they really need to run the ball? Or or do they just say, hey, we really like how this passing game has played through two games. We're going to put it on Stetson and let him throw to guys like Kenny McIntosh and throw to these tight ends and, and just see what South Carolina's got in this secondary.
4: Man, Jordan Hill. Dogs 24-7 joining us. Jordan Oh, at Jordan Davis Hill. No wonder I called you Jordan Davis yesterday. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> like, man, you know, there's a lot of Jordan is running around. Um, Will Muschamp is, uh, and Glenn Schumann are running the defense now for Georgia. Everybody's familiar with Muschamp. Uh, I-, I thought Will had a great year coaching last year, quite frankly, especially considering the situation. Uh, you know, what's kind of the take on him now that he's kind of uh, at least – Co in charge of the defense now and uh, running things, and uh, you know what 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 can we expect from Georgia uh, and, and that defense? It, it, you know in terms of um,
3: how you think they'll
4: try to stop the Gamecocks or, or what they'll attack.
3: Yeah, I mean all uh, everything we've heard from players about Muschamp, and I think this is is very similar to what I'm sure you guys heard while he was at South Carolina. Players love uh, Muschamp. I mean they've talked him up. What I've really been struck by is the secondary. I mean, he coaches Georgia safeties and their nickels. And hearing those guys just talk about, you know, we know his track record, especially coaching that position, coaching the defensive backs. And, you know, even veterans like Chris Smith, who's a super senior. I mean, he's seen some ball in the amount of time he's been at Georgia, but he's like, man, why would I not listen to Will Muschamp? You know, he's taught me so much, again, in just a pretty relatively short amount of time. Um, I think the players have really, uh, you, know, you know, grew really close with him, even in the short amount of time he has been in this role. And then, too, you know, like you said, he had been an analyst and kind of gets put into a position where he steps up to join the staff uh, when Scott Cochran leaves uh, for a bit last season. You know, it seems like everybody has really, Um, appreciated the role Will has played. Uh, Kirby Smart, talking about this staff as a whole, has multiple times said that he felt like this is the best staff he's had, just in terms of, you know, how they all work together and and sort of the the shared expectations they have. So, I mean, I I think that he's been a great addition. Again, someone Kirby knows really well. As far as how this defense is going to attack South Carolina, I mean, I I think they're going to see – an opportunity and i think they're going to try to come after spencer rattler i think that they did a very good job of making bo Nix uncomfortable in that week one game and once the second interception happened in the second quarter chris smith jumps it i mean at that point the game was over you know they did a very good job of not giving oregon a whole lot of room to work with and uh, it's going to be really interesting just to see how the secondary plays Again, I'm of the belief that Spencer's going to make plays on Saturday, and this will really be our first chance to see how Georgia reacts to that. I mean, no offense to Bo Nix, there was not a lot of deep shots he connected on, not a lot of plays where you were looking at the Georgia secondary being like, well, they got beat on that one, what's going to happen next? The, The biggest play of the first quarter was a true freshman making a dive and interception, and. Pretty much from there, Oregon wasn't really in the game. So that's sort of my thought is they're going to try to make Spencer Rattler uncomfortable and, and see uh, as a result if they can, you know, make uh, make a few mistakes like he did in these first two games.
4: Bo Nix has not done well against Georgia, and he's not done well against Will Muschamp, coach defenses. Uh, in 2020, I think he came to williams Bryce and threw, I think he threw three picks that day.
3: I was there because I covered mm-hmm. Auburn before. Uh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah. It was a long day. The, was the,
4: a long the, day. The, that was the the third tire popping on the Gus bus. <laughs> I, I wonder what's going to happen to the harson bus. You know, oh, like, God. Uh, that's not a bus, man. That's a that's a that's an old that's an old broken down
3: ambulance. Are you somewhere. are you familiar with Thelma and Louise? Is all. I mean. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That'll be an SEC short soon, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, or a GIF or something. So talking with Jordan Davis-Hill uh, from Dawgs 24-7, um, uh, you know, it must have been the only former Gamecock assistant there, Mike Bobo, uh, who was at South Carolina, you're actually with the, the head coach technically for three games uh, on an interim basis. And then Brian McClendon, uh, I'll start with McClendon. Were you surprised, because uh, he was at Oregon, and then he was a co-coordinator at Miami with Mario Cristobal, were you surprised Kirby was able to bring him back like that, uh, given that it looked like he was going to get a, at least a title uh, to run offense again? But, um, you know, I, I I was a little surprised, but, I mean, I know that that's home uh, – for Brian McClendon, and everybody always wants to go home, right? So, yeah, I mean,
3: I think it was interesting when it happened. And two, you know, Brian McClendon was the interim head coach after they fired Mark Rick. He coached the yeah. Pack Slayer Bowl. technically the the winningest coach in uh, Georgia history since they beat Penn State <laughs> in that game. But there were questions at the time. People thought there was a chance Kirby, you know, that he would, that Brian would stay on Kirby's staff. And at the time, there was a lot of talk after Brian decided to leave. Um, that, you know, well, these guys went up against each other and recruiting a ton. You know, maybe there was some kind of friction there. But I think there, there was an opportunity for him to to come back again. He played at Georgia. Uh, he had coached there. He was on Mark Rick's staff for something like eight or nine years, had been there for quite a while, even going back to being a GA, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think it was a situation where he saw the chance to come back, obviously the chance to join the staff of, of a, uh, you know, defending national champion. And, uh, you know, again, I was kind of surprised just to see it pulled off, especially because he had only been in Miami maybe two or three weeks. He had Mm -hmm. not been on that staff of Mario for very long. Um, But I think he saw the chance to come back to his alma mater, join a staff where he knew other guys as well. I mean, obviously, like you said, Bobo and Muschamp. Um, I think it was just a a culmination of factors that convinced him he wanted to come back. And, And to coach receivers, he had been the running backs coach for a while when he was at Georgia. Um, but to coach that position that he actually played at Georgia, uh, I think just a combination of factors, he decided it was right to uh, come back to Anthem.
4: Mike Bobo is on staff as an analyst. Uh, certainly, you know, uh, it's been a kind of a rough couple of years <laughs> at South Carolina and Auburn for Mike, but uh, he's back home now uh, after the Colorado State thing. What, uh, what are the thoughts on him uh, being back in town?
3: I think it's been a good situation for Mike, you know, and like I said, I had covered Auburn. So I was there for the, the 2021 season when he was offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think there was kind of a, a, you know, a back and forth between him and Brian Harson when it came to what that offense was going to look like. And, you know, I think some of the blame might have got put on Mike where, you know, I think it was sort of more of a collaborative effort than uh, we kind of really got to see. Uh, you know, talking to the coaches and things like that. But, you know, I think that Mike is a real asset. You know, I think that Georgia's done a good job with all of its support staff, but especially getting guys like that. And, and you know, that's something Todd Munkin talked about uh, during fall camp. You know, he was asked about Mike and not necessarily, not necessarily if he felt like, you know, Mike was, if there was pressure having a former offensive coordinator there you know, on staff, obviously not in that role. But, you know, it was sort of like, what uh, Chris Smith had said about Will Muschamp, it was like, you've got a guy right there that you can pick his brain. He's seen a lot of football, seen a lot of SEC football. You know, he talked about just how helpful that was to get perspective from a guy Mm -hmm. who's been there and done that. And, you know, we've heard really good things about uh, the way that uh, he has gone about his business, how Mike has understood his role. And again, that kind of goes back to what Kirby has talked about with the entire staff and how happy he is with the makeup of the staff is guys understanding what they're being asked to do. And, uh, you know, I think it's probably been nice for Mike, you know, his son drew uh, was a really good offensive lineman. You know, they moved around Uh, drew played his senior year at Auburn high and was a really good player was going to go to Auburn. And then obviously when Mike left, they went to Georgia instead, but I'm sure that Mike is probably enjoying not being quite as much involved, but still having, say, being at practice, being at the games, having his son have a chance to be a bulldog like he was back in the 90s. Um, I'm sure it was probably a welcome change of pace when you consider all the factors that go into it.
4: Absolutely. The the fourth down, the emphasis, infamous fourth down play in Columbia, uh, I, 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 I can't prove this. But uh, let's just say that I have a feeling Mike Bobo didn't call that play. <laughs> uh, I just have a feeling that that's just just to set the record straight out there for everyone that uh, has 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 rejoiced uh, on the Carolina side has rejoiced that play call, oh, Bobo. Uh, you know, I I don't know that Mike made that call. Um, wrap it up with Jordan Hill from Dawgs Twenty Four Seven. So. Uh, just your gut expertise uh, analysis uh, as to the outcome this weekend uh, in Columbia. What 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 are you thinking?
3: My thought is Georgia 34-14. I don't think they quite cover what I think is like a 24-and-a-half point spread because, it, to me, I, I'm convinced Spencer Rattler is going to make some plays. I could see South Carolina being in this thing through, you know, quarter-and-a-half, two quarters. But I just think this Georgia defense is going to have a chance to show that You know, they that the the explanation that Kirby Smart has given even going back to the summer was talented, but inexperienced. And I think we're going to see both of that on Saturday for a lot of these guys it's going to be their first start on the road. We know how loud Williams Bryce is going to be already getting ready to have a clicker to see how many times I hear sandstorm and see everybody getting fired up. So those guys are going to get tested, and I, you know, it's not going to be perfect. I think there's going to be plays made on the South Carolina side, but just considering, especially what South Carolina's dealing with, the guys they've lost on defense just due to injury, uh, I think that Georgia's got an opportunity with this offense to put up points, uh, and and I say Georgia wins this one by twenty points and uh, moves on, gets their first SEC win of the year. All right,
4: Jordan, man, it's been real this week. Thanks for having me on the Dogs Twenty Four Seven podcast, and uh, we appreciate you coming on here on a Friday. And are you heading to Columbia?
3: I will be there, and I'll be uh, ready to go and uh, get all settled in for that noon kick.
4: All right, we'll get you get you something good to eat while you're there, man. Enjoy the city, well, while, uh, while you can. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hill,
3: ladies and gentlemen, from uh,
4: Dogs Twenty Four Seven. Thanks for joining us, bud. All right, appreciate Thank you guys. Mm-hmm outstanding uh great great guest yeah man uh i like uh, you know he 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 does he knows his stuff uh lifelong i think yeah, he's a georgia graduate and covered auburn the last couple of years and all that so that was good but really nice uh, conversation thanks to jordan uh we've got predictions still rolling in we got predictions on twitter predictions flying everywhere
5: yeah right yeah <laughs>
4: how about that all right xavier thirty five seventeen georgia from wenatchee with washington He's one of our our PNW crew, Pacific Northwest crew. The
5: PNW, yeah. Tim goes
4: 3817 Georgia from Clinton, South Carolina, home of the Red Devils. Clinton. Clinton, South Carolina. Jason from Florence, 4127 Dogs. Uh, the Carolina Faithful has posted a graphic on Twitter. Uh, and I guess we could consider this part of the iHealth Consulting Mailbag. Uh, he says, Defense, get to Bennett stop the run, get two plus turnovers, attack on offense, play to win the game. You play to win the game. Get to the fourth quarter. Uh yeah, um, get to the fourth quarter. That's probably uh it's probably a good thing. A good a good key uh right there. Um there's like uh a, a big rant from a bulldog fan um it's unbelievable.
2: <laughs> I, I'll,
4: I'll re, I'm, if we have time, I may read this. Uh, w I think W Y F F um, tweeted it's, it out. It, it's it's the most psychotic thing I think I've ever read. Uh, one of the most psychotic things I've ever, I've ever read on the internet. So that's mm,
5: uh, well, it is Georgia.
4: <laughs> that's crazy. Um, you know, so so that's the deal there. By the way, Texas A and made a change at quarterback. Max Johnson is now the starter for the Miami game tomorrow night. So we'll see if that changes the Aggies fortune. You know, I'm not, you know, I, a lot of people were just coming down on crapping all over Jimbo Fisher's scheme this week. And I, I agree. I mean, I had some questions of, of, like you're taking over a Texas school and you're more of a pro style offense guy. Um, they don't really run that at, in, at Texas schools. They kind of run what we see, uh, you know, spreads and things mm-hmm. like that in high schools. Uh, so, you know, I, I had some questions about it, but I, I, I think Aggies have, have put up points. I mean, they put up 41 against Bama last year, one. I mean, you know, there has been times. That it, I mean, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think we'll see what, how Max Johnson does uh, against the, the Canes and, and moving forward. Uh, and, and then I think we all know it's probably not just the scheme. It may have just been – Haynes King was horrible, uh, but uh, you know, it, it, it could be. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm not a fan of Jimbo's scheme, I've never thought it was, uh, you know, it would work a lot of places. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I think everybody just immediately started pointing to that last week, like scheme, scheme. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm like, look, you know, th- these guys lost. Thirteen starters, right? Yeah, Here's yeah. I mean, uh, you know, experience, experience. I think, but uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think the answer is somewhere in between. <laughs> um, Nana Sports chat box. Allison says, "Think we all right? We read that. We read that." Uh VJ said, "Please explain the get boat raced analogy." I can understand track meet and shootout references, but growing up in New Jersey and seeing boats race. Offshore is like watching paint dry.
5: I think it goes to like college crew, like rowing, pull out ahead, and then it's just a boat race. If I had to, yeah, bond, it's kind of like what my research has been pointing towards too. Because I was kind of looking it up, <laughs> right. makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, yeah,
4: know, like, boat rag, college crew, yeah, boat yeah. race. I've never actually, VJ, sat down and, uh, you know, I'm a little, I, I'm a word, I don't know, I, I like words, uh, but I, I've never really sat down and thought about it. I've just always <laughs> said it. Boat raced.
2: <laughs>
4: it, it's, it's fun to say. Boat it raced. is good. Yeah, boat raced. Boat raced. Um, Soder says girlfriend, friends, childhood friends, wedding is on Thanksgiving weekend. She I already told her I'll be coming down with a cold.
5: Not just. That game, but uh, it's the biggest weekend of the year. Yes. Yeah, a holiday. Biggest weekend of the year and a holiday weekend. Uh, clarification.
4: Matt's match driving across the country. Uh, All right, he's just going to San Diego.
5: Yeah, I guess we could have picked up on context clues there, JC, because he did say cross country. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I,
4: I, yeah. I not qualway cross country. Yeah, I, I, my brain's not working today.
5: No. Uh,
4: good. Good night, San Diego. That's right. So Ron, home of Ron Burgundy. <laughs> uh, Takanda says, with all the all paper, all the weapons, South Carolina should be an air raid team. Uh, and any other offensive coordinator would have fun with all those weapons. I agree. Uh, but, I mean, and I, and I think there's still a chance for them to do that. Uh, there's only been two, you know, two games, right? We'll yeah, see what uh, yeah. so as a clarification. So, Lucci's name is not. Yeah. Like the river dial. So, I'll call you Nile. We'll call Nile. Clint yeah. goes Taylor, South Carolina, 34-24, Georgia. Twisted chicken, light them up. Spencer Rattler hit those long passes, make it a game. For all, Jeff goes, hope Rattler plays like he's got nothing to lose. Uh, Eric, bold prediction. Yeah, look at that. 45-21, ass-kicking chicken.
5: I hear you, man. Uh,
4: Gilmore goes, Beamer, run your offense. Too many weapons. They can outscore South Carolina. Sonder goes CHS forty-one seventeen. 17 Uh, And then the Gamecocks, Gilmore comes on. Gamecocks got to slow the tight ends down. That's their offense. It's Georgia's offense. Keep them covered and close all game. South Carolina will beat Georgia. I think the tight ends are going to be a big part of the offense. And uh you heard Jordan talk about A.D. Mitchell not playing has uh, still got good receivers. That Lad McCaughy guy scares the crap out of
5: him. Yeah, right. He's yeah. that type
4: of guy, you know. It's like you know, the, the
5: one of those can do everything kind of guys. You know?
4: uh, yeah, breaking tackles and stuff. He, he's good at that. After the catch, you got to get Lad on the ground, man. Um, Austin says, "I want to see Rattler sling it down the field all day. I'd rather than throw interceptions than to try try <laughs> to try to run it all day and get fifty yards." Uh, I agree. I think you got to find balance. Now, how you achieve that balance? that's up to the Marcus Satterville and the coaching staff. You know, I mean, it, 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 there's, there's more than one way to do things, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that's the key is, you know, and I'll give you kind of a microcosm of it. Uh, first drive. And I've, I've talked about this all week. Uh, first play, Spencer goes around the end for eight yards and then pass, pass, pass. And then, you know, you, then you get back and you go to the Jaheim bell, the other side, you attack the other side. And, and that, and then at the end of that drive, you know, there was the penalty and the, the chain situation, which was ridiculous. Um, you know, and and all that. And then they kind of got away from it. But uh, you know, to me, that's balanced. The, the North Carolina game last year, hmm. uh, to me that 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 there are parts in that game where you had that balance that keeps them off balance, if that makes sense. More of your predictions for the sports chat box, uh, all over the place. Craig or Drew Bobo went to Georgia. But to Georgia was with his dad, uh, Mike, uh, at Georgia. He's a freshman. Um, the, the, the band is back together in Athens, by the way. Much, yeah, they
5: had put the band back together.
4: Kirby and Bobo all on the same staff with McClendon and yeah. those guys. I mean, they they that, that's the dog pound. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with Michael Flint. Uh, he's got some X's and O's to talk about and some other stuff. Uh, how the Game costs can stay in the game tomorrow against the number one Bulldogs coming to Columbia. williams Bryce new kickoff on ESPN. We'll be back after these messages with our number two. If you're a listener, you know, I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you. With any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a diehard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy 864 414 5271 or email csearfoss at cbkane.com. C B C A I N E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Game Cox podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners. Uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271. Searfoss of Caldwell, Baker Kane. Hey man, hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
5: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
4: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. 1001 is Matt's contact number.
5: Yeah man, I sure do that or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
4: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
1: Family These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
4: Hey, f- hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah.
5: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. What's up? up? This is and
2: Bell with the Gamecocks and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecock Show with JC and Phil.
5: All right, welcome back to the show everybody starting the second hour brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the lake uh, for all your commercial real estate needs a Burgess at Remax.com send them an email and of course the show is brought to you by Manscaped uh, use the code BigSpur at Manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and we're joined on the Keller Enterprises guest line by Michael Flint for another edition of Wando's World here to break down this game. How you doing man?
6: Hey, I'm doing good. How are y'all?
4: Doing well. Doing well, man. Yeah. Week. always is for uh, Georgia. Uh, your memories uh, playing in this game, uh, uh, you know, it's always early in the year. Most of the time uh, I kind of went down memory lane and just remembered how many hard-hitting – like you turned on South Carolina-Georgia in the mid-2000s to the late 2000s, and, and you knew you were going to get a game – and you knew you were going to get like a physical SEC football game. It almost uh, was SEC football at its finest, but you were right there. So, your memories.
6: Yeah, I mean, it's always a tough physical game. Um, you know, I just thought it was funny. Coach Spurrier always said we like playing Georgia early early in the year because you could bet on them having a couple of other big-time guys suspended from the offseason. <laughs> but, um, no, but I mean, we've – you know, we played Georgia, you know, tough. Um while I was there, I remember, thinking my sophomore year, being up, I think sixteen to nothing, I believe, um, and then coming them coming back and ended up ended up winning. And you know, Thomas Davis was a guy that would knock your block off. Um, I I mean, Jesus. trying to block him was was difficult. Um, not gonna say he slung me around too bad, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. But uh, he was like a man out there. I mean, you know, played in the NFL for a long time at, as a linebacker. But was playing safety at Georgia, so you could see the type of a- athleticism those guys have. But you know, it's always going to be a tough uh, physical game. Um, you got to be able to run the football. Home field advantage really is a big thing um, in this game, and you see, you know, how 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 different the games have been in Georgia or in, in Athens versus in Columbia uh, with that home field advantage. So it's going to be a tough physical game. It was always a fun game to play in because you knew you were gonna. It was going to be tough. So, I always enjoyed playing at Georgia or home. Um, the environment over there is impressive. Um, but it kind of helps get you, get, get you excited for it as well, uh, being in that kind of environment. So, Georgia's going to come in here, number one team in the nation, and see what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I've talked all week. I think, you know, when you go back,
4: uh, like I said, the history of this series when, when South Carolina's matched their physicality and toughness in, in games, no matter, no matter what, the, I, I think, you know, it's 22 years since they played in 2000. So I looked at the last 22 years, all 22 of those Georgia teams probably top to bottom had more talent. In other words, like more future NFL players, more blue chip recruits uh, than South Carolina. Uh, but the years Carolina has played them close or given, it's been a good game or the Gamecocks have won. Uh, Carolina's matched their their physical play, you know, and the games where Carolina has not been able to do that or they've gotten overwhelmed. And that they've usually been Georgia blowouts, right? Uh, and so I I I think that's important as to, you know, and I know it was a tough physical game in Arkansas. Carolina couldn't really match what the Arkansas offense was doing physicality-wise, but uh, it's a different scheme this weekend, different group of guys, different game, different week. Uh, and, and I think that's very important, you know, if Carolina's going to hang in on Saturday.
6: Yeah, no, I think from a physicality standpoint, I mean, the SEC, it's every game. You got it. You got to Like I like said before, you got to win in the trenches. And I think defensively, you know, in the especially in the Arkansas game, you know, we our guys. We played tough. We were put in tough down and distance type situations, yeah. um, you know, missed tackles on first down that gave them second medium, second and short. Mm-hmm. Um, our two interior guys um, played played pretty well up front. Um, they maintained the point of attack, did a great job in run fits, you know, got some pressure, but Arkansas was in favorable down and distance type situations for much of that game. And it didn't really allow us to do a, probably a lot of what we wanted to do defensively. Um, you know, they had success on first down and those first couple drives that Arkansas scored, we were, you know, a, a missed tackle away or, you know, a, a, a broken tackle away or something, just a fundamental mishap from that game being completely different. Um, you know, I thought we matched up pretty well with them. Um, but you know, obviously with Georgia, we can't do that to ourselves. We can't allow Georgia to get in these favorable down to distance situations towards the end of the first half against our- All right. No, you got me back. Yeah, well,
4: mm-hmm. Yeah, the end of the, no, you, we you end
6: in, uh, of the first half for,
4: for Arkansas in the first half. Yeah,
6: no, we 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 were in favorable down and distance type sit uh, you know, unfavorable down and distance type situations to allow Arkansas to consist- consistently do what they want. And really it kind of hindered what we wanted to do defensively. Towards the end of the first half, we were able to kind of I say pin our ears back and rush the passer, you know, to really, you know, Jordan Strong had it had, had some really nice pass rush um, you know, towards the end of that first half. And when you made Arkansas throw the ball, you could see kind of where they were a little bit, you know, susceptible or you know had, had some weakness. So for us, this coming week, it's really having success on first down, putting Georgia into obvious, you know, types of passing situations or you know making them more predictable on offense to really allow our defense to be more creative and not as predictable. Um, but I think, like I said, those those front four guys um, have to be really good. They have to maintain the point of attack. Georgia's a very physical team, and if you allow them to run the ball. And run the ball well, it's it's could provide to be a long day. But uh you know, I, I really like the way that Nick Eamon is playing. I think he gives us a lot um back there. But he's gonna be tested this week in the in 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 the passing game. And I think that's one guy I'm really excited to see because he plays fast. You don't see that with a lot of freshmen, and he's playing faster than a lot of the older guys out there. He's all yeah. the field. He reminds me a lot of of Co Simpson and Jalen Foster to where he's always around the football. No matter where it is, you're watching on TV, you see 21 come into the picture. And, you know, it's. I think it's a breath of fresh air seeing a guy like that come in and really just play fast and play quick. But I'm interested to see how he does in in, in coverage this week because he's been really good in the run game, and it's been a really nice surprise to see him all over the field.
4: Yeah, coverage, and he, being a younger player, you know, Phil, you can you attest can, uh, and, and add to this if you want uh being a younger player with with you know sort of what they do on offense Georgia with the tight ends throwing to the backs things like that the play calling uh you know i i, I think Marcus will probably try to go after him don't you think phil
5: oh yeah i mean i i think it, it, it behooves them to do that you know i mean you've got to go after the secondary especially if we're going to be injury depleted then you know why not yeah <laughs> why not go after these younger guys who are inexperienced
6: yeah yeah yeah, and I think a big thing, you know, a lot of it kind of gets overlooked a lot of times is is the crowd noise, and having Georgia have some some cheap penalties early on in the game um, to hopefully force some punts. I know Georgia's always had a lot of success on the first drives defensively, um, even you know good success on offense. But if we can have them get get a couple of cheap penalties, jump off sides early, um, have some long down and distance type situations, and, and 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 make them punt early, I think you know we. We, get, we, we got a shot.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Michael, uh, you win the toss. What do you do? You're taking the ball or you're kicking it?
6: That's a tough one. I this I've, one, I've, I know, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've heard some stats about Georgia defensively on the opening drives and how good they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with the crowd noise, defer. Um, defer, let that defense feed off the energy of the crowd. You know, our defense has, has had some success this year. They've been good. You know, the Georgia mm-hmm. State game, they really fed off that crowd, and I think you put the defense out there and then – um, take
2: the ball the
4: second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, South Carolina's defense. Uh, light, even light go at last season. The whole, really the whole Beamer era, the Carolina defense has played pretty well at home. Clemson last year was the exception. Um, I was disappointed with with, with the, they were not able to bottle up Clemson's run game a little more and force DJ to uh, throw it because that could have gotten interesting. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he only needed 99 yards in that one. But uh, yeah, you know, Auburn game last year. Carolina's defense of Florida, uh, all of them. You know, Carolina played pretty well. Even Kentucky were forcing three turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on with Michael Flint. So, how how does the offense attack? This has been the debate this week. is like balance versus effectiveness versus, you know, how do you get things going if you're uh, Marcus Satterfield and the Gamecocks offense, and Rattler and those guys against this Georgia D?
6: Yeah, and, you know, I was – I was watching the – I happened to see the, the show on SEC Network Portraits um, with James Bates, and they had Coach Spurrier on there. Bates One of the things that really stood out to me is in, – and in, in, I don't know the exact quote, but Coach Spurrier, you know, I don't know what the, the exact question was, but he said, you know, offensively, you know, we don't, we don't worry as much about the defense. We focus more on ourselves. We focus more on the offense and what we do well, and we make sure that we're, we're prepared for what we do and that's not saying we don't watch film on the defense but it's it's watching film on the defense on ha- having a game plan and building that your your game plan for that week around what you do well but also around where you see weaknesses in that defense from a zone standpoint from a man coverage standpoint certain down and distances you know having plays that that are part of your scheme part of your system and really sticking to your identity but utilizing those strengths you know, certain play calls down a distance situations to really attack the defense and don't adjust what you do offensively because of what the defense, because of what that defense does to completely flip, you know, what you're good at and, you know, really having that scheme, that identity of as an offense. And so really getting back to what did, you know, what did, what was our, you know, what what was our identity as an offense? You know, what was, what did we want to do? Do we want to be good at running the football to help set up the pass or, you know, things, things of that nature. So it's, you know, really getting back to who you want to be on offense. And, you know, from what we've seen the past couple of weeks, it's been different. You know, I haven't really, you know, who are we as an offense? What are we trying to do? Um, you know, and really coach Satterfield getting back to not reacting to what the defense is going to do, but do what you do offensively and what you want to do well and what you can do well attack weaknesses in the defense attack weaknesses in personnel. Um, you know, whether it's in zone or man coverage, you know, coach Spurrier had such a good way of attacking certain holes in a defense, not with the same play every time, but you have different ways to get guys to different places on the field for the quarterbacks drop to really match up with the receivers route and, you know, attacking those weaknesses in, in, in those holes, but you know, also in those certain down and distance situations, when you know a defense is more likely to be in this front or this coverage and really being good at that. So, you know, it's tough. Um, from an offensive standpoint, I thought we, you know, we had some good play calls against Arkansas. I think one of the things that, you know, and I go back to, it's really, it's, it's the little things that I see. And, you know, one of the one of the things I, I, I recall from the Arkansas game was, we're down in the red zone, and it was the, uh, the ball that Rattler threw to, to Juju McDowell, kind of like that little wheel route out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the intent of that play was to be a rub route. But Jalen Brooks wasn't within – you know two yards of mm-hmm. sanders and all he had to do is jalen brooks comes off the line and he aims at that inside shoulder of drew sanders wherever he is and drew sanders runs into that defensive back because they were in a man-to-man type situation so that that defensive back is following jalen brooks and drew sanders is looking at juju mcdowell coming out running to the sideline and is not necessarily looks doesn't necessarily see that corner and that corner is following jalen brooks and and the and the quarterback so you know that's a little thing that Juju catches that ball or makes Drew Sanders run more of a rounded over top of the corner. You know, I'll take Juju McDowell in the open field over a linebacker, you know, nine out of 10 times. Yeah. And You know, mm-hmm. the, it's just the little things that if we, you know, score, you know, we get seven there, you know, the things change. And so a lot of times with us, it's just doing the little things right. And I know we hear that often, but when you really go back and watch the game, you know, it's it's small things. It's the little things that and you know the, the coachable moments that that are there so i think there's a lot that you know we can work on i did like some of the diversity of the play calls we started to run some more screens um you know but we've got to be able to run the football you can't mm-hmm. just go out and throw it 40 times a game i mean if that's what we want to do then we need to commit to it but you know i want to be able to see us have success running the football i want to see us attack get a hat on a hat and really push these guys back and win the trenches i know that's a tall task this week with what, with what Georgia does. But I think, you know, some different misdirection uh, draw type plays, I think we can have success, make those guys over pursuit, make them over you know, play too fast to where we take advantage of, of that speed and that um, athleticism, you know, to, to our advantage to really put our alignment in good situations to be successful. And, you know, I think some misdirection, some draws to help, you know, get those guys to over Cause I think at times they're going to, they're going to mm-hmm. pin their ears back and they're going to come. And, you know, we need to get in positive down-and-distance situations where Rattler's not a sitting duck back there because, you know, certain pass protection type or certain situations with pass protection, we haven't been very good. And, and I think the, the more we struggle, I think the more Rattler's going to get more happy feet back there. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to look at the pressure rather than feel the pressure. Um been a couple times that he's had a chance to kind of slide up in the pocket, rather than bail out, and he's some you know bailed out of you know a few times too early. But overall, he's been good. But a game like this can get out of hand very quickly when some of those guys up front are getting early pressure and continuing to get pressure to where Rattler doesn't he doesn't feel it. He sees it, and that's not good when the quarterback is looking to see where the pressure is coming from and then trying to get eyes back up downfield, you know, to, to see where everybody is, see where the defenders are, and 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 make a throw. So.
4: Yeah, pass. They have to pass protect better. Um,
6: and, and I thought, honestly, in
4: fairness, I, I thought it was sort of leaky early on against Arkansas, and it got it got better as the yeah. game went. Of course, Arkansas and Arkansas plays defense. It's not quite like what Georgia does, but it, it is a multiple front. They they want to get pressure with three or four and drop everybody. And don't um, <clears throat> one of the differences their linebackers will be really good, uh, yeah. probably better in pass protect pass coverage than. With what Arkansas was. Um all right, Michael, uh, we're running uh, up against it here, so uh, we're gonna uh, get your prediction and how you think the game will play out tomorrow.
6: You know, this is tough. um, cause I think we've you know offensively, we've seen two different styles of play. And you know, really not knowing what the identity of this of this team is, um what we wanted, what we want to be. I think defensively, you know, losing some of the guys that we have, um, it hurts. Um, but, you know, like, like you say, ne- ne- next man up. Um, you know, really going to see what some of these young guys are, are about. Uh, I think Gilbert Edmond is a, is a guy that I've seen that's really made a lot of positive strides. And, you know, coming out of high school was a really good athlete and has done the job in the weight room. So it's his, you know, kind of his time to shine and, 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 and see what he's able to do. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be tough. Um, but I think – you know, I, I, I want to say I think we have the guys that can keep this game close. And I think if we are close in the fourth quarter, I think we have a shot. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think, you know, Georgia is a dang good team. You see what they're able to do um, offensively, defensively. It's going to be it's going to be a tough. I think I think we keep it tighter than what most folks expect and what that spread is looking like. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think Georgia's just bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and more talented than our guys and I think it's gonna probably be like a 42 21, 42 24 type game. Um, and I think Georgia ends up pulling away in the second half. Yeah, um, that's a, a lot of people
4: have have had that prediction and stuff kind of
6: you know kind of like 2018
4: they pulled away as three touchdowns late. I hope it, it doesn't unfold like that because that was a game I thought. Carolina came, comes out the second half with a shot to get back in. It, it just folds.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: And, and that I think, I think at that point, we should have known that 2018 defense wasn't going to be all that great, but uh, yeah. So we'll see kind of what happens with
6: that. Well, Michael. Yeah. Uh,
4: you had i gonna
6: yeah. Go say that, you know, I, another thing I want to see, is, you know, how we try to block these guys up front. I mean, I see he's playing on our, you know, we've been on our heels a lot, not getting a lot of push. And to see if we try to mix things up and, try to be more attacking than than blocking horizontally like we have been in the past because if you try to do that against georgia you're going to see guys on their butts often Uh yeah attacking horizontally i just don't
4: <laughs> i'm like uh i i it, that, that's when i read up on the rams offense since that's what uh, everybody was saying this summer that, that's the one thing concerned me what concerned me was they do a whole lot of horizontal type blocking stuff and, and i think you can get, you can do that in the nfl but uh uh, in college ball where you're facing talent deficiencies. Uh, it takes a special
6: it, athlete. Yeah, it gets mm-hmm. dangerous.
4: I, I'd like to see him just line up and run it right at him. Yeah, uh, put your
6: hand in the dirt, line up in the three-point stance and go. Attack. Yeah, get it going. So that'll be good. Uh, you heading to
4: Columbia tomorrow?
6: I sure am. Yeah, I sure
4: am. Man, which uh, Get there early, man. Have some uh, uh, kegs and eggs for me, man. Hey, you better believe it. We're gonna need it. Hey, Michael. Talk to you next next Friday, man. Hey, guys, enjoyed it. Go, Cox. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, Michael Flint, one of our favorites here on the show. I uh, really love how he breaks that down, man.
5: Yeah, it's good to get the you know a former player's perspective, especially one I think he played with Steve Spurrier. You know.
4: Yeah, he, he, Holtz and Spurrier. Yeah, right. Yeah, he has the both he, that that uh, Holtz's last year. Uh, and I've talked about this game all week. You know, it was 4 That was the David Green, um, the, the end of the David Green era. They were – I think Green and Pollock were seniors. Oh, was Pollock on that team? I think he was. Uh, they were supposed to win it all, uh, and they ended up running into Auburn. Uh, yeah. With uh, Cadillac Williams and Ronnie, Ronnie Brown that, that year. But uh, they came to Columbia. I think they were ranked second or third, and uh, everybody – I don't remember if Thomas Davis – it was Thomas Davis or Greg Blue, but uh, Carolina got up 16-0. Uh, Coe Simpson had a pick six. Place, Troy Williamson had a big, long touchdown pat, uh, reception. Everybody's going nuts. And Georgia slowly but surely got back in the game. Ended up going up 20-16. to 16. Carolina had the ball, I think, inside the 10. Dondreo Pinkins got hit harder – then and Dondrell <laughs> Don Pinkins was just as big or bigger than KJ Jefferson, right?
5: Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody
4: came from, from, I mean, it's not, it was coming towards me in the end zone, I was in the north end zone, and whack, you know. I mean, and you could just, and you saw the ball pop out, and that was a fumble. That was it. That <laughs> yep. was a big that game, was extremely
5: physical. Phil, uh, that's what uh, we're gonna
4: need. Uh, to you got to play physical,
2: physical, physical. anyway
4: uh Sports chat box we're moving on we got some mailbag questions too so don't yeah. worry we're going to get to that and also predictions flowing in off twitter from around the country
2: <laughs> <laughs> which
4: i think is cool yeah you know, gamecocks from around gamecocks uh the, the, the national gamecocks international around the world Center. yeah we are worldwide all right we got a newbie in arthur
5: welcome in arthur welcome
4: mm-hmm. first time in the Sports chat box i think this game mm-hmm. is going to be decided by Champ versus satterfield
5: uh, you know, I mean, it, it seems like that, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the Monkin versus, uh, Clayton White's, pretty Clayton good White's going to be an interesting matchup, too. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I, I'll say this about Muschamp versus Satterfield, The coaching wise. I would probably bet on Will, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they needed Will.
2: Yeah.
1: If it's just
4: like, you know, get up on the chalkboard you try to stop me you try to stop me you try to stop me you know all that uh the chess match mm-hmm. um but as we all know sometimes uh just fate does not smile on, on muchhem
2: yeah
4: <laughs> I mean sometimes you know it, it, it you're just like how in the hell did this happen you know mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of walking around and just kind of dazed and confused uh and i think so is he because i mean you know he's a really good coach so Mm -hmm. um yeah and i don't know we'll see the chess match i mean like uh, there's a couple of schools of thought about offensive coaching in terms of you know worrying about what you do and executing what you do and then getting to the game and calling it based on what you see so um
5: I like that uh, Michael said he was like, you know, be be more prepared for what you do as opposed to what you're seeing them do. You know? Yeah.
4: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm with you there. Uh it'll be interesting. It's it's kind of it, you know, even Jordan, when we, we had him on and when I talked to him earlier this week, the, the, the question on both sides really is well, how are they going to play this? You
2: know, mm-hmm.
4: How is Georgia gonna scheme this up? And I'll say, I mean, there's just been a lot of talk about coaching this week.
2: Yeah,
4: uh, uh, even even and beyond like the oh, will must now at Georgia with B-Mac and, and those guys and, and Bobo. It's not uh, that hadn't really been the talk. The talk has been how, how is South Carolina going to play this? Because it's kind of a mystery. Then, you know, what what could Georgia do? I will say this. We didn't ask Jordan about it. and I'm kicking myself now
2: <laughs> uh,
4: because I did talk to him about it uh, this week. Uh, there is some concern about the offensive line, and Phil, I didn't realize Sanford stopped them. Um, inside the uh, the what have you,
5: when was that though? That's what that, I'm when trying, I heard I,
4: that's what I'm trying to look for
5: here. Yeah, right? was that in the first half, or were we, you know,
4: I do <laughs> not know.
5: I do not I do Playing the not young know. guys,
4: yeah. yeah, playing the young guys. So, feel all right. So, they held them to a field goal, uh, held them to another field goal. Then they got a touchdown. No, first three drives. Then they got another touchdown. They got another field goal. <laughs> they missed a field goal. I don't think that, well, I think maybe what it is, they stopped them and, and held them like held them to a field goal instead
5: mm-hmm.
4: of the, the, the first two drives.
5: Oh, like some short field goals. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Of course.
4: Of course. Okay, so it looks like I'm looking at the play by play. They got all the way to the Sanford four and I uh, couldn't get in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, got to the Sanford 28 and couldn't couldn't get uh, right it right out. Got to Sanford 9 and couldn't get in. Hmm. Sanford fumbles, then they got So Georgia got the ball at the 34, got to the 7 and couldn't get in. That was to open the game. Okay. Uh if I'm South Carolina, I don't want to fumble. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> but, you, know, you you hold them to field goals, you know, you got a shot as long as you score touchdowns
5: if you yeah, if you can use the bend but don't break mentality this week you've got a shot yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah.
4: get them yeah get them from you know get them you know down there if they get down there so what you know tighten in the red zone i think that i think it, winning the red area
2: <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> a lot of guys call it the area the red area, red yeah, area. These, these um you know but and, I, and I don't really see
5: important. them You know, I know everybody's been talking about how do you attack South Carolina. I don't see them changing drastically what it is they've been doing, you know, because it seems like, yeah, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, Yeah. because it it seems like they found their, you know, identity for this year uh, and are playing to the strengths they have on that offense. So why would you tinker with that? And (laughs) And expose yourself to potentially failure.
4: I think in every week there's a – you know a, a, a you have certain set plays that you look at the at least most good most good offensive coordinators do and monk is uh mm-hmm. you know that you look at their defense and go okay they way 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 over pursue mm-hmm. this side uh so therefore in at some point in the game we're going to tr- we're going to kind of trick them and we're going to fake it to this side and go uh back uh, around the other end and take it use their aggressiveness uh, yeah. against them and, that, and that's kind of what flint was talking about i'd like to see that too like the, the old draw play spurry used to run the base draw. you know, crawl, you know? <laughs> he, uh, uh, that would i think i think that, that could that could work in a game like this where you're you're dealing with kind of a, a mismatch up front and a, an aggressive big bunch uh, like the dogs but you know we'll see i you yeah. know Here's here's my contribution. Here, run a draw play, <laughs> right? Uh, that's how good of a coach you'd be, JC, in a draw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final break coming up. We got more of your predictions for the Nanosports chat box. Uh, we've got stuff coming in from Twitter. We got stuff coming in from um,
5: uh, yeah, we can. What is it,
4: Twitter. Uh, yeah, the, the mailbag,
5: the mailbag. Yeah, I help consulting mailbag. Yeah. And, uh,
4: when we come back, Phil's going to tell you about Manscaped again. And, uh, and then we're going to wrap this week up as we always like to do that, uh, you know, with, with Meredith, not wrapping up the week with us mm-hmm. uh, until October. Uh, we uh, will get uh, with the chat box as much as we can, the mailbag as much as we can, your predictions. And then we'll, you know, log off with mine and Phil's predictions. Mm-hmm. Throw a couple at you. Get <laughs> into the weekend here. Uh, Georgia weekend and Columbia, South Carolina
0: this is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of REMAX at the lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A B E R G E S O N at remax.net to get your next deal under way. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks.
4: Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing,
1: These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you?
4: Hey. hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah.
5: What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas.
4: Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy?
5: Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests.
4: Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly.
5: Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California.
4: Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number?
5: Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com.
4: Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yep. yep. Time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man.
2: Welcome
5: back, everybody. Second hour inside the game Cox is brought to you by the Burgessy team at Remax at the lake. Uh, A. Burgesson at Remax.com, I believe, is the email you get in touch with them for all your commercial real estate needs. And, of course, the show is brought to you by Manscaped. So support for Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched their ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code... Big Spur at manscaped.com. Uh, of course, the performance package comes with the lawnmower 4.0, uh, trimmer, and weed whacker for your ear and nose hair, crop preserver, and crop reviver toner for below the waist deodorant and toning uh performance boxer briefs and a nice bag to hold in all your goodies uh really are blown away by <laughs> everything that they've given us uh, it, it really is nice uh, we've used it and uh Definitely. Great craftsmanship. Uh, It's waterproof, too, so you can even use it in the shower. Don't have to worry about making a mess on your bathroom floor. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGSPUR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BIGSPUR. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. Thank you, Phil. Yes, sir. That was awesome. Another Mm -hmm. great
4: Manscaped read. Another week with Manscaped as the sponsor. That's That's right. We love them. Uh, very much. Uh, okay. So, Nana Sports Chat Box. I'm going to get to the uh, mailbag here real quick. Yeah. Uh, and a quick question. Actually, no. I'm going. I going to catch up the chat box first because th- that's a good question. We could I want to get the chat boxers uh, take on it, but I want to do. I want to get caught up. Uh, Babes and Waves says yeah. stomp. You stomp Georgia. All hope right. So. <laughs> Baxter says McConkie gives you uh, Hunter Renfro PS PTSD. <laughs>
5: Looks like a hell of a player. Uh,
4: he's uh he's a little different than Hunter, but he's uh he's a Hunter is more kind of slippery to tackle. Lad's more difficult to tackle, I think. <laughs> than, uh but probably not as good. Uh, you know, if, if you're talking about who's better, it's probably Hunter in front. Uh Tristan says if he were he's betting, he's gonna go 45-24 Georgia. Garnet glasses. I hope we have our best all-around game and win in a shootout 42 38. Shoot shoot shootout. Uh, Jared goes, Always defer. I like to defer too. And and I think if that's the question on Saturday and Carolina wins the toss, I think I'd defer uh, because I think, you know, you kind of look at how Georgia started last week with field goal drives. And, you know, they don't, you know, I I think you have a better chance to get the crowd involved, get the crowd loud, uh, do some things, get a stop, Mm -hmm. and, and then get it back. And then, you know, you you play your cards. You can get the ball in the second half, right? Yep. Um, Clint remembers that '04 Georgia game. Loose up on the lead, he did. That that was one. That was one that was disappointing as far as you know. I th- he I think he tried to bleed it out too early, and Georgia just kept getting more and more momentum. Now Carolina did have a chance there at the end, but uh, that was the deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Troy J.C. Saul points out Troy Williamson caught cramps, missed the second half. Uh, Brian said, just read the rant from the UGA fan, and I'm in tears laughing. It's definitely trolling. I bet it's three year letterman. Yeah, th- this guy yeah. is just That's like insane. he put it on the WYFF comments page, right? And he's like, "We're the national champion. Show some respect. I'm not waiting in line at the bathroom at Williams-Price." And if I have to, we're going to get a physical altercation. I mean, it just, just, it has to be satirical. Yeah. Uh, it has to be satirical. Uh, Craig asked if the unis have been announced. Uh, I, I think it's probably. Well, uh, Craiger asked about the uniforms. Clint has an answer. It says, hopefully, garnet black and white. Ooh, take it back to the
5: eight. Yeah, yeah, all the way back.
4: The 88 team wore that, that jersey combo, beat Georgia 23 to 10. That was when games were on TBS. That game was on TBS. TBS. And I, after the game, I was a kid, I remember it happened because you know Carolina you know beat them pretty good that day. Um and the Flintstones came on
5: after <laughs> at whatever 05. That's so, what I remember about TBS. You know, it's, it's like, like yeah,
2: well,
4: goodbye for Williams Bryce. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and right after that, I I can't hum the Sanford and Sun theme song, but Everybody get Sanford's something song in your head because that came on after the, the Flintstones that day. I'll never forget it. Um, Marcus again. says yeah. this is the Cock Commander. <laughs> Cox win 34 28. All right, Cock Commander. Remind me that's your nickname when you come when you come in because I'm I'm doing nicknames now. I'm on this kick. Uh, Craig says he doesn't like all garnet. Kruger, uh, you know I I only like it because. Some of the bigger wins uh in the spurrier era and then some people don't realize this in the Morrison era in '84, uh the year of black magic, right? Mm. Game guys didn't wear their black, black uniforms, but like one game. Yeah. yeah they were right. they had an all garnet like garnet helmet, garnet pants, garnet jerseys, uh at home. And then they I think they had an all-white look or maybe black pants look on the road. Uh just because you know, some of the bigger wins have been in garnet, but I'm not. You know, and then you know, under Spur, it was always big game guarded, right?
5: Yeah, big game, big game guarded,
4: right? Shoot. Uh, and then in the Must Champ era, it was uh, and I bet if Will had this to do over again, he'd probably uh, well, let me let me back up. I don't think he cares, <laughs> he cares, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but it almost got crazy the, the, the different amounts of mixing and matching they did and all, all that good stuff, but I, you know. The all black look is that smart for a noon kickoff on in September? I don't.
5: No, no. Um, I like that for night games. Yeah, you know, and I don't yeah. buy into the superstition with the all black. I like you know, uh, uniforms uniform it doesn't matter what you. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you wear. <laughs> I was about to about to go over the edge on that one. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no.
5: Ah, uh, Clint says he's out. Got
4: to go home and cut some grass. Y'all have a rest of the good day. Go, Cox. All right, Clint. Cox, pick up that lawnmower. Uh, Sonder wants white garnet garnet or white garnet white. That's the standard mm-hmm. around. It. Colin says after 2001 in Sandstorm, the crowd is ready to explode. Keep them loud by deferring instead of going quiet for the O. That's a good point too.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Good point.
4: Too. And I kind of like you know in a game like this because you you think all right so if if Carolina's going to stay in it right. You know, that possession at the beginning of the second half could be quite valuable,
2: you know, mm-hmm.
4: if you're going to stay in it, you know, because I, I think, I think you want to get your defense going, you keep your crowd loud, like loud, and you know, you you, you think about that first drive, it's going to be deafening. Yep. Um, and, and I think that also kind of unsettles Georgia a little bit because they're like, they're not used to that. They had a 70 30 crowd in favor of them in Atlanta,
2: and <laughs> right? Yeah, the I mean- you know,
4: whole crowd, uh, you know, so they haven't. I'm trying to think of the last road game they played, probably Tennessee last year, where it was probably loud early. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Tennessee, get, Tennessee, like they did against everybody, got off to a good start. Georgia simply just ran the ball, <laughs> and uh, and that was 41-14 later. That was fun. I think Tennessee was their last true road game. Um, no, it was Georgia Tech, but that's not really a road but, game. But, but, yeah. <laughs> it's not really a road game either, because they, I would have been, I would have fired the Georgia Tech coach, athletic director, Everyone else on the spot. The minute I saw the the drone shot of Grant Field that day, yeah, it was all a, that red, sea of red and black. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen big, big visiting crowds there, no doubt, because it, it's Atlanta and everybody's got alums in there. But it was a Georgia home game. I mean, there were mm-hmm. there were no Tech people there,
5: yeah
4: and uh, that that was awful. So that was the last true, technically the last true road game. Uh, but the last hostile crowds probably Tennessee. Uh, So, hey, yeah, they haven't been – and you know Georgia, uh, just in case you guys were wondering, Georgia travels better than Alabama uh, when (laughs) the championship games. And uh, they travel better than Michigan down in Miami, too, for the summer. So, and and all that. So, anyway, that's that's a good deal. I can't believe we spent that much time talking about the coin toss, Phil.
5: (laughs) it just hit me to throw it out there. I'm like, yeah, what would you do? You know, cause I'm, yeah. I'm one of those, I'm like 90% of the time deferred. Now, when you got the next, two, you got the get right games coming in. I don't know. I don't know if I don't want my offense to have the ball first and, you know, try to put some points on the board quick.
4: Saunders says, yeah, but dabba do. I like the Flintstones. Flintstones mm-hmm. They're up there with Mayor McCheese. Yeah. <laughs> I actually learned a lot about like life from the Flintstones. Cause it wasn't really a show that was meant for kids. Uh, <laughs> It's not that it's inappropriate, but it is warm. Anyway, uh, Jared gives you props here. Phil Dynamite drop from Phil with the TBS 05 starts. Yeah. Braves 735 PM. Macadino podcast. Why are people not talking about UGA not being a good run team? Because well, media
5: is lazy and likes to talk about quarterbacks and they got one in Stetson Bennett. <laughs> that's what it is. No.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <got> it, <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of like what I'd, I you know. I, I, I think it's one of those things, Magadino, you, you don't know. Are they? Are they not a good run team? Or, or I mean, you know, uh, I, I think that you know, Phil. You kind of look at it. Oregon, you know, twenty-five carries for one hundred and thirty-two yards. That's what Georgia rushed for that game. Uh, Stetson Bennett diced them up. You know, twenty-five or thirty-one for three sixty-eight and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then did they run it? How'd they run it against Sanford? I mean, I bet they. They. Uh, Probably, uh, right, rushing yards. Georgia outrushed Sanford 127 to 19. So, what, four yards per rush in that game? So, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe Georgia's not a, a line it up team. I mean, I, I know we, we were talking, uh, with Jordan. Like I said, I've mentioned that some of their fans were grumbling a little bit about their offensive line. Um, but when you look at the numbers, maybe they can run. Maybe they're not a, a super duper run team. They certainly haven't been through two games.
5: Yeah, maybe they're better at you know, pass blocking, which would
4: be better for South Carolina because uh, the defense has issues uh, stopping the run. So maybe, maybe, maybe they they Georgia's considering this a get right game.
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, I don't
4: I think last week would be. But you know, so that's uh, that's the deal. That's the deal there. Um, Craig uh, Craig says we will look we will make them look like a great running team <laughs> it's
5: definitely within the realm of possibility <laughs>
4: my man j-rock says yeah I really wish people would come off of these uniform superstitions we should embrace black more it's one of our school colors I, and I agree with this I've always kind of thought emphasize the black a little more and, mm-hmm. and I actually did I actually my favorite because of the eighties it is the garnet helmets with the black jerseys and the white pants. And then sometimes you can go with the all black look under it. I don't like black, uh, like the, unless it's a white uniform, I don't like same color helmets and pants, you know, like, uh, like mm-hmm. I, I think they look like Texas tech when they go black helmets, garnet jerseys, black pants.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. Uh, the, the look last week was fine. The, the black and whatever they, they tried, black garnet, garnet. Um, it you know so I and I I always thought they should emphasize the black more because, uh you know outside of Vanderbilt and Missouri, nobody really has that as, as a color scheme in the league and there's like eight different teams with some variation of of red, whether right. it's Garn- yeah. like Carolina's garnet, uh you know Mississippi State's allegedly maroon, uh Georgia's just red,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
4: Alabama's crimson, okay Arkansas is cardinal,
1: <laughs> cardinal.
4: Texas A and M maroon, you know. Uh, I heck, I, I, I'm all for the black. I, mm-hmm. I like it, and you know, and, and make that one of your uniforms. But you know, Carolina's color situation is kind of similar to Ole Miss. You got because you got two. You know, Ole Miss is red and blue.
2: Yeah,
4: you know, you got two primary colors. Georgia's supposed to be red and black, but they they don't they don't emphasize the black. They do it every now and then, so mm-hmm. it, it's interesting. McAdino goes. South Carolina should be the only team that gets picked with a real chance to beat Georgia. The only team in the East that beats them consistently. Yeah, but the last seven years, Georgia's taken six of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, this game has – and I was thinking about this driving field. You know, it, it, at some point, you know, and I, and I feel like if the program had stayed at the level Spurrier got it, you know, maybe with a dip every now and then, and, and Carolina was competing, and Carolina had won five – you know, won those divisions those years – Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe the narrative will be a little different, but, but, you know, South Carolina goes into the game with Georgia every year with hope. Yeah. Uh, And Georgia goes in the South Carolina game every year with concern. (laughs) Like, like, like South Carolina fans are like, man, it'd be great if we beat Georgia and oh man, it's super great. And, And Georgia's like, good God, I hope we don't mess up and lose to South Carolina. Like,
5: yeah, we don't want yeah, yeah. to screw this one up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that,
4: that, That's kind of like, man, we, if we play great, we can beat Georgia. Then Georgia comes in, and and this is regardless of, of how good the teams are. I mean, this is, mm-hmm. the, Georgia fans are like, oh, God, I've got to go to Columbia and hope we just don't lose. And Man, good Lord. You know, so it, it's an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Max says if you actually looked at the Oregon game, Bennett had a lot of time to throw the ball, was we'll throw the check downs more than the field. That's true. Yep. Oregon doesn't have a pass for us, South Carolina does. That is also true, man. You're mm-hmm. getting me fired up.
5: I, yeah, there they, are ways to win this. Know, <laughs>
4: bringing it strong
5: today.
2: Yeah, He's
4: like, I'm tired of hearing this, man.
2: Yeah,
5: yeah. I agree, uh, man.
4: I'm not saying we're going to win, but I'm not going to chalk it up as a loss. U- UGA isn't a perfect team that can't be beat. I know, there's yeah. not. There's not a lot of those, but uh and man, bringing it strong. Mm-hmm. Craig says, I'd like for Arkansas to win the West and play Georgia. That's a good matchup and something new in the SEC championship. Yeah, that, it's happened once before, Craig, Uh, That was Mark Rick when he won their first SEC championship game in 02. They played, actually, Houston, Nut and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That was back on the West. You just flip, you know, draw a name out of a hat as to who yeah. would win that division. Uh, but Georgia Georgia won it 0-2 and beat Arkansas's butt pretty good, 30 to three. Uh, and I think Florida Arkansas's made three trips to Atlanta. One of Spurrier's teams played one of Danny Ford Danny Ford's best team, I think in '94, beat him pretty good. And then Urban Meyer's first national championship game, they played Houston Nutt and Arkansas uh, in Atlanta, and uh, that was the first game I think against SEC competition. Phil that year. Florida won the national championship. That Florida got over thirty points against an SEC defense.
5: Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> great the defenses were in the league back then. A lot of defense back then. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, McAdeen says one point on the offense. Why don't we just take a page out of the Florida book in twenty twenty? Let's not let's not force to run the ball and just throw it all over the field. That, look, you, another great point. You know, Mississippi State in twenty twenty you know, did pretty well against these guys. Uh And that that was, you know, the Pirates' first year and I think, uh, what's that guy's, what's their quarterback's name, Phil? Jolly Rogers, Phil, Phil, right. Will Rogers, Will Rogers,
5: oh, yeah, Will Rogers. Yeah. Will, Will Rogers. By mm-hmm. the
4: way, if you play for a coach, everybody calls the pirate and your name's Will Rogers. Or <laughs> will Rogers <laughs> coming to the sea. I see Bonnie. lass, you know, uh, <laughs> the sea, you know? but uh, you know, they gave him trouble with, with mm-hmm. offense. And, uh, and obviously last year, Bama with their passing game. So, uh, and I will say this about this scheme that they're, doesn't matter who's running it, Alabama, Georgia, Carolina, when my was there, Florida, Tennessee, when Pruitt was there. There are things that you can get off and of, get their whole, their holes in it sometimes
2: mm-hmm. because
4: it's very complex for the safeties to play. That's why you see like a lot of walk-ons. I think, I think Georgia's got a walk-on starting at safety this time. Uh, because you have to be really, as Carolina fans found out, you got to be really smart at safety or, or you can, uh, you can bust it can bust it'll bust a certain percentage of the time anyway yeah. uh and so if you can if spencer rattler and juice wells and those guys can find it, it it's just a matter of getting the time uh to do it um you know I, i'm agreeing i'm Macadino fired up strong day in the chat box uh yes, Son, Sonner goes to south carolina fans consider georgia our primary conference rival number two to clemson georgia thinks of us somewhere between three and five Depending on how old the fans are, it is what it is. And, I, yeah, and I've also found, too, the, the Georgia people with some connection to South Carolina, that, that, that's a big game for them. And folks in the Augusta area, because they're right there on the border. Yeah, uh, South Carolina means a little bit more. But, yeah, Georgia's got a lot of schools that they've played over the years. You know, Georgia and Clemson, big rivalry in the mm-hmm. 80s. To oh, play yeah, yeah. Both the both, both South Carolina teams.
5: And don't let those folks up here in the orange fog fool you. And they may say it's like, oh, we don't care about them. But when you occupy so much rent free space in their heads, it's still a rivalry, regardless of whether or not they say it is. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs>
4: Mississippi State beating LSU. <laughs> Mark it down, Craig says. That'd be the third time in. Let's see. They won for the first time in like ages
5: yeah. down there.
4: Dak Prescott was the quarterback. And then they beat him. Leach's first game. That should be interesting. You know what what happens down there. Uh, that that's an intriguing game to me because Mississippi State's off to a good start. Obviously LSU stumped its toe against Florida State. They did not look all that good. I didn't think. Hats off to FSU for winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but Mississippi State went to Arizona, blew them out of the water. Now they're down in Baton Rouge. And I don't know. They say Death Valley down there is where dream less miles sense where dreams go to die. <laughs> J-Rock says if we score early and get some stops or a turnover, turn it into points, it'll get the crowd in the game. I think it would spell trouble for Georgia. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, man, remember the Alabama game? game uh, Gamecocks end up losing, not, not the one they won, but uh, the 2019 19, game. With yeah. And stuff. If Carolina kind of gets off to a similar type start with some, you know, big things to get the crowd in it early, I mean, I think – uh, R.J. Roderick had a sack in that game. I think it was the only time Carolina stopped him all day. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the fake punt that got called back, which was just a – that was a, a must-champion uh, piece of luck there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you, so you had that. And, but, you know, Carolina's sitting there inside the ten with time running out uh, in the first, first half and could have scored. Uh, it was a bad call. Really? Uh, the, the Dowdles knee being down was a, oh, a yeah. judgment call and, and it could have been a one score game. Carolina could even keep it within that distance with this team. Uh, I, I think it'll be good. Even if it's like, you know, like 2018, they didn't get off to a good start of pick. I think it was a pick six on the first play uh, for Georgia. Carolina did battle back. They made it a 17, 10 ball game, you know, 2010 and a half. i I like these guys to go out and compete in the second half uh, against them uh, probably better than than, mm. than those other teams so we'll see what happens. Uh McAdenas, Clemson's is our biggest rival Then UGA. Even last year when they played UGA the pass game was there just couldn't complete passes to wide open wide outs and when we did it was plenty on van. Yeah, they well, there were people wide open, you know, Carolina. And that's that's kind of what's interesting about all the the run the ball talk this week, um, which I don't disagree with. I, I, I my my thing is balance, but the the teams that have given Georgia's defense problems, and uh, even last year, what Carolina, you know, the things they did do right, you know, they were they were getting it down field. So, uh, Saunders says his father's a dog and has a visceral, visceral hatred for Auburn.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: That's that's another one. They don't yeah, like no, the that's
5: game. an old rivalry too. There's, yeah, there's
4: so mm-hmm. many states that, that border Georgia, though. I mean, it's like you know, the folks up in near Chattanooga probably don't really like the balls too much. So mm-hmm. uh Clemson fans obsess over the Gamecocks as J-Rock media more than we do, but they don't care about the rivalry.
5: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. All right, Phil, how you see this one playing out? I went uh yeah, I'm giving you all guys my keys this week. 30, I went 30-17 to 17 Georgia because I, I think it's going to play out like a lot of people think, uh, you know, based on what I've seen this year uh, to where Carolina's going to be in it. And then, uh, at, you know, toward the end of the day, this is a championship football program and championship football team coming to Columbia Saturday. And that's what championship level teams do. Uh, they uh, find a way to win.
5: Yep. yep. I've got 38-27 uh, is what I settled on think there'll be a few more points scored in this game. I think, uh, you know, we, we do our best efforts, but I think they end up taking one at the end, you know, yeah. either some sort of, you know, miscue on our end or, you know, big, long, deep touchdown. So, yeah, but mm-hmm. we make it a game. That's the whole thing. It's like you got to make this thing a game, you know, keep the crowd yeah. in it and you got a shot. I mean, we've all talked about it. And it's like you're saying, you know, physicality and uh, toughness, you know, I throw – uh, you have to play disciplined and uh fundamentally? <laughs> but if you do that, you're in it, you're in it, you know block,
4: right. block and tackle, right? Mm-hmm. yep, okay. yep. Uh, shoot mailbag questions. uh let's uh we'll hold these for next week. uh, John did say chavis, I'll, I'll mention this real quick. Is, this is that from the IL Consulting Mailbag. He says this is the game Zach Pickens, Cam Smith, and Spencer Rattler make some money if those three have great games. Carolina's got a shot. The NFL is watching. They're watching Georgia. Uh, Noah says with Georgia uh, it comes in IL Consulting Mailbag. Would Georgia be a defending national champs, number one in the country? Would winning this game against the Dogs be the program's biggest win, or at least say top three? Yeah, yeah I think they determine biggest wins by how highly they're ranked. So it would be the second time Carolina's beaten number one,
5: so it would tie uh, for the biggest win in program history. So I think uh, it all depends on how the rest of the season plays out, too.
4: Yeah, because you, that that win at UGA in 2019 was huge at the time.
5: Because what'd you it do? With
4: it? A, but yeah, it was four and, eight, four and eight. Gamecocks only won one more time after that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and lost to App State at home. Ooh, how did how did that team beat Georgia and lose to App State and Missouri?
5: Who no, I do uh, oh, no. Jesus.
4: All right. It's up the game. the show. Thanks. It's sponsors. Thank you to Phil. Thank you, Phil, for a great week. Thanks to all of our guests. We'll be back next week to review the show, uh, the, the game, good, bad, or ugly. Uh, look forward to the Charlotte game. They still get right games, as Phil says.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and
4: also, uh, we're going to have some uh, different guests on, some more collected guests uh, next week. Same old yeah. guys here. Our standards will still be here, but we were reaching out and, putting together quite a, uh, a package, a package of shows.
5: And we do you. have a Evan with Tito's and chicken is confirmed for Wednesday.
4: Oh, Evan, also yeah. Evan from Tito's and chicken podcast. will be joining us. So that's a, that's a new person. So we thank you all for tuning in once again, streaming live every day, 11 to one. Uh, and then you can get it on Apple podcast, Spotify, uh, audible. If you listen to audiobooks, which is quite, that's what I'm going to do this afternoon. Mm-hmm. When I want to get a nap. Um, we're on there, too. For Phil next, J.C. Sherbert. It's been Inside the Gamecocks, the show all week long. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the day tomorrow, and by the next time we talk, we will know, uh,
2: know, know a little more about this football team, folks. Uh, we'll see mm-hmm. you later. Have a great weekend.